welcome to your Kevlar. Thank you, Logan, for that wonderful introduction, as always. We are back, episode nine. I don't know how many downloads we have, but at episode eight, we had 350. I'm sure it's a little higher than that. Thank you all for, for those who listen. Again, this is the real Kevlar podcast and uh, about our bulletproof love story. Welcome back, babe. Welcome, welcome. So I'm Kevin Perry. This is Lauren Perry, and we're here to talk about us and our bulletproof love story to continue growing our relationship, growing our bond, sharing some info, pouring out our souls a little bit. Um, we return this week from where'd we go this weekend? Plymouth, Massachusetts, uh, just outside of Boston. We were there for my cousin's wedding. Congratulations to the the Dunleavies, the newlyweds, Matthew and Kira. It was a great time. Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was beautiful venue and gorgeous weather. Actually, the first night we got there, it was cold. Like I was <laughs> shivering. And it wasn't, I mean, it was maybe 60, but I was just very cold, not used to that. And of course, now we're back in the heat, but um, it was good. How did you like flying, babe? It was the worst experience of my life. Um, not actually, but okay. it was It was okay. I, I do get motion sickness. Um, the first one, I probably took the Dramamine a little too late. So that was a interesting beginning of the flight. The second one was a little turbulent, but I'm not a... I don't know. I don't think I would turn it down moving forward. It was only a, what, 50-minute flight, so it wasn't that yeah, bad. Yeah, it was like the second we got up, we were coming right back down. <laughs> it so was if, the quickest flight of my life. <laughs> if you can just keep me on the East Coast, I think we should be okay. So, big question. Do you regret it? Are you glad we did that instead of driving for eight-plus hours both ways? No, I don't regret it. That okay, was, good. It was a good experience. It was a good time. It was nice to just have the carry-ons. Yeah. Um. I think we got to, I mean, even though we would have been in the car together, I feel like we got to spend more time together. Yeah, right? we got to we like. weren't so focused on driving. Like we could just, I don't know. I thought it was a better, better path. No, so. I'm with you. And we kind of did it last minute on a whim. And then we rented a car once we got up there. So it was, overall, it was a good experience. It was, it was fun. It's nice to leave the kids behind and have an adult weekend, just the two of us. Which actually, update on Turo, because I know I talked about this in the last episode, we had great success with it. I mean, the guy that we rented from was fantastic, very communicative, and um, made the process so easy. I mean, of course, we picked it up right from the airport. He told us exactly what shuttle to take. I mean, it was smooth sailing. So that was good. I know you can't speak, obviously, for everybody because it's it's similar to Airbnb, right? Like you rent houses from specific people. And of course, there's potential of having not so great experience. Same thing with Turo with cars, but it was good. I was happy with it. Pleased. Yeah. So now we're back and we're getting ready for our work week and, and our boys are crazier than ever, it seems. And, and I don't know. It's. <laughs> I mean, I just got done putting like them flying. to bed. Maybe yeah. I like flying again. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, within what, 10 minutes of getting home yesterday, it was straight chaos, which we did, you know, we're not surprised, but hoy, we were very tired. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. So anyway, on to updates. Um, so right before we flew, I weighed myself. I am down 28 pounds since we started this in April. Um, a total of 70 since I peaked at my heaviest, which was two years ago. So I can't really count it as one total weight loss, but. 
I've, I've done pretty well. Um, dieting wise, everything went really well. Um, obviously this weekend and traveling and all that, we tried to stay on target, but got off a little bit. So I'm terrified to weigh myself again next. Um, I'll weigh in again on Wednesday, but things are progressing well for me. What about you? Well, I just did my calculations because I realized I didn't calculate from the last weigh-in. And since we started, I'm down 29.2. Yeah. Dang. But, you know, we'll see. I've yeah. <laughs> I feel so, like I did worse today than I did on the trip, but that's beside the point. So, <laughs> so we'll get back on the horse this week as work hits and as we get back in our routine. Already today was a better day for me diet-wise. I know you were still trying to get back, but you were better today than we've been. So yeah, we'll get there, and then we'll continue to make our progress. It's just, I don't know, maybe it's a refeed that we needed. So. No, it was good. I don't regret any of it at all. All right. So the rest of today's episode, <laughs> you are going to ask me some questions, right? I am. So I've had the request of a couple of people to talk about this topic, and it's something that I've had some recent success with and something that I've been spending most of my time and energy on, especially as football has kind of gone away. But even during football, I was, I was doing my best to be competitive in things that I can actually compete in. So we're talking about powerlifting. Yes, we are. And honestly, even though I've like lived through these things with you, some of these things I'm very curious about because I don't know that I know all the answers of it. So, all right, Hit get me. a drink, get a snack, sit back, relax, and listen up. <laughs> if you're not into the powerlifting scene, I'm sure Lauren will share some concerning thoughts or some wifely thoughts as we go. Yeah, we'll see. But stick with us because hopefully it'll be fun regardless. So, all right. Well, let's start, of course, from the basics. What got you into it? What kind of held your interest and why are you still into it? Well, I always enjoyed lifting. Um, my brother got a weight set back when we were really young from Dick's Sporting Goods. And I was underneath that bar benching it as often as he would let me. Um, so training for football was always a big lifting time for me. Um, that was one of my favorite parts of, of getting ready for each football seasons was getting, um, in the weight room and getting worked out and, and really just kind of spending that time with peers, but also seeing that progress. I've always kind of been obsessed with progress and been obsessed with watching myself and things grow, seeing how a little manipulation here and there can change the kind of the broader picture of things. So yeah, that's kind of what started me to get me directly into powerlifting again. Um, always kind of been into it, but never really could get on board with it because of football and my schedule. And, and I never really wanted to focus on gaining weight, but I'm more so focused on, um, really just like the weight and being athletic. But now with powerlifting, you can really focus on your weight class, your your weight, your things like that, that get you more success. And obviously gaining weight in, in a faster way will make you gain a lot of fat, but also it kind of adds a lot of weight very quickly to what you're trying to do. So Okay. Tell the people what your numbers are. Um, I hold two state records in one in Maryland, one in Pennsylvania. Um, my strongest bench in a meet is 570. Um, I was planning on doing a full meet for that first meet that I did, and I've only done two. Um, but I, I must have like pulled an adductor or 
a groin muscle or something that messed me up on deadlifts. So I didn't compete in those other lifts. Um, but outside of that in the gym in, in my home, when, uh, you were across the room working, I benched 585 with no spotter and I've done 675 on squat back in the high school a couple years ago. And I did 635 in deadlift back at Gold's and in, in Thorndale Fitness. Okay. So in order to hit these big numbers, how do you do that? I mean, that's a very <laughs> generic question, but like, how do you pull that off? Um, you mean like, um, I don't know. How do you push yourself to do that? And I mean, it's very broad, but so obviously the, the, the training for it, it prepares you for it. And there's different parts to training, especially when you're talking about bench. You can do the bottom of your bench where you're primarily focusing on your chest. You do the top part of your bench where you're focusing on lockout with your triceps and even things like wearing the right gear and in um, training for meat so your wrists and elbows and, and chest is all protected um, to make sure you're not kind of overheating things and, and overdoing it and you get those little bumps and bruises and soreness. You make sure you're taking care of those. Um I'm just trying to, what's the best way to answer this question? Um, so in a meet, and, and it's kind of personal to, to share this, um, in a meet, and, and when you're training for these big, scary numbers, like the, there's times when you go in a, to a place where you don't really like to be, um, so for powerlifting meets and, and 585 bench and, and things like that, you kind of have to get yourself into this mindset of like you have to spike your fight and flight re, um, thoughts. And there's kind of a really dark place you can go. And, and talking about powerlifting specifically, I watched a documentary, I think it was called Stronger, about Eddie Hall. And he was deadlifting like 1,100 pounds or something crazy. And just like explained like the darkness and, and where you have to go mentally to, to pull this out. Um, and, and he just talked about what he explained. And I don't even think he goes into much detail, but he just talks about what the worst thing he could imagine was and, and trying to make that happen in, in front of you. And then you see movies like The Program where there's a linebacker who's looking across the ball and you got the Michael Jordan story where you're kind of just making stuff up about the people across from you. Um. So really, again, I don't want to go into too much detail because it's kind of a scary place to be. I don't want to go there. Um, but you think about terrible things that could happen. And you think about if only I'm strong enough to do this, then I'll be strong enough to do whatever's needed. Um, the example of when um, a car accident happens and a car turns over and some mom has like a freak accident where she picks up a car and slides her baby out from underneath it. And, and superhuman things like that happen. Um, so again, just trying to picture something terrifying, very dark and, and a place you don't want to spend too much time in is you kind of shut everything else down, spin that scenario in your head and then kind of imagine it underneath the bar and, and do what you need to do. Wow. And I don't want to scare you about what I think about, but you, you don't need to know. Yeah, please don't tell me because I had <laughs> no idea that's what was going on in your head. 
Yeah. Because yeah. I think about me when I try to work out. I mean, I'm not powerlifting. Let's be honest, everybody. But when I try to work out, it's like, because my mind is clearly anxious and going a million miles a minute every other second of the day. So it's like I blast the music in my ears and I try to just like, I don't know, focus and actually quiet that down and like just and there's, feel strong for a second. So it's just interesting that like I try to escape that place and you try to go into it. Almost. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's not that place. Um, so in, in a, at a powerlifting meet and, and even in training, like you're all, it's all about energy and trying to even, especially when it's 4am or, or when it's after a long day, you need to, you need to spike the energy. So you're taking pre-workouts and caffeine drinks and you got like loud, fast paced music to kind of get you fired up. Um, the biggest thing that I like to do for powerlifting meets is, is kind of close my circle, calm everything down and I'll still do the pre-workouts and I'll still do all the energy things, but I'll kind of just keep myself very calm and focused. And then as I start to get closer and closer, I'm putting myself in that, that dark hole. And and that's when it's like, all right, that's when I'll just bottle everything up and erupt when the time comes. Mm. Well, babe, I hate to break it to you, but I am not really training to be a superhuman if something happens. So I'm glad you are because <laughs> well, it makes one of us. Well, in all these scenarios, <laughs> you don't need to be. So. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Um, okay, so. With the numbers that you've hit. Clearly, you want to just like keep hitting those and maybe even strive for greater, right? So when you're under those weights, because maybe your body weight is under or something like that, right? There's a lot of other factors. Are you like worried that you're going to get hurt or are you defeated that you're not reaching the max that you've gotten before? Like, I don't know. Um, it all kind of comes with context. I mean, the whole time I was training for the powerlifting meet where I hit 570, my goal was 600. I wanted to break six. I wanted to be one of the 120 people in the world who've ever benched over 600. Um, obviously, I didn't get there. And, and in training for it, there was a video come out of this guy incline pressing and he tore his pec. And it's disgusting. He's wearing like a tank top so you can see all the muscle detachments happen. And it's gross. So the whole time I was training for that, like the last four or five weeks, that's all I imagined. Every time I got under the bar, I just had to like kick that out of my head because that's all I saw. Um, yes, worried about injuries, but you can't worry about injuries or else you will be injured. If you are worried about straining a pec or, or if you're worried about tweaking a shoulder, then you're going to overcompensate and possibly hurt something else. So really it's all about just keeping your mind focused on the task at hand and, and, trying to block that out. Um, I mean, the last thought you should have when you get underneath something heavy like that is this could go bad. You really yeah. just have to kind of visualize it's going to go good. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay. So let's see on the opposite end of that, I guess. Well, maybe your most recent move up to super heavyweight. What was that like? What did that take to get to that point? So the reason why I went super heavyweight was because I wanted to get, again, 600. I wanted a big number. Um, and then looking in the weight classes that the state of Pennsylvania had at the time, it was actually a higher 
Um, I think the record was like 615 or 640 for the 308 weight class, which is the next size down. Um, so I was going to go up to super heavy. I was going to pack on as much weight as I could to gain as much strength as I could as fast as I could. Um, and, and another reason why was that was where my brother competed was super heavy. So I wanted to go in and compete with him and, and against him, even though we were never in the same meet, we were always kind of chasing each other's numbers. Um, luckily I was the last one to go before he got some injuries and before I started dropping weight. So, um, that was a delicious adventure. Um, <laughs> so really for the weight gain, I really just was like, make sure I get enough protein and then eat everything else I can find. So when I would normally sit down and have a, a cheesesteak and a protein shake, I'd order two cheesesteaks and a protein shake or I'll have a pizza and a protein shake. What else did I eat? That was the summer where I have a picture of you. Maybe we'll post it on our Instagram, the gallon jug of chocolate milk and the case of Miller light on right. 4th of July. <laughs> so, and, and towards the end, I'm like two weeks out and I'm only weighing like 298, 299. And again, I would have came in at the 308 weight class, which I wouldn't have broken a record and, and wouldn't have put me in the weight class I wanted to be in. So I tried to gain as much as I could in the last like three or four weeks. Um, so I drank a gallon of chocolate milk a day and I started eating uh, party cake ice cream every night on top of what I was eating. So I was still doing kind of what I do now, getting up, eating like eight to 10 eggs and I was hammering oatmeal. But then during that time, I was also eating like breakfast sausage and having toast and, and doing a bunch of other stuff. And as the day gone, went on, I just kind of progressed into dirtier and dirtier foods. Um, the day of the meet, I weighed in and the lady looked at me and was like, if you just take your shoes off and go run on a treadmill or something, you might be able to cut down in time. And I was like, okay. So I went out and I ate breakfast and then I came <laughs> back and had my shoes on again and kept my hoodie on this time. Or was I wearing a hoodie? No, it was July. I had like I had something on. I can't remember what. If it was just like my hat and my shoes and put down my gym bag, I get on the scale and she was like, 322, why'd you go up? And I was like, because I wanted to be heavier. And little did she know that I was pushing for a different record. So I guess I kind of gained the system a little bit there. Mm -hmm. Cheating. But I'm at that kidding. time, <laughs> when I was 322 pounds, I would snore sitting yeah. up wide awake. And you called it your awake apnea. And you would be like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, just Because you'd be making these noises and I'd look over and I'm like, what's funny? And you're like, nothing. I'm breathing. And I was like, oh, okay. My my shoes were pre-tied. Yeah, you, you and couldn't they were really on tie your shoes. Inside corner so that I could oh reach God. them from time to time. Um, What else? What a time. What a time. It took me like four hours to mow the grass because I'd have to stop every 15 minutes. and Yeah, that was like a whole, take whole, a breather. whole day ordeal. Wow, tongue um, twister. And talking to other people, they were like, yeah, it gets to a point where you can't wipe your butt anymore sitting down. Oh, my God. And I was like, well, that would be the limit. I never had that issue, but that would have been the limit where I was yeah. like, this is too much. I love you, but if you had to call me in to do that, no thanks. Uh, I already do it with Logan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was the bulk there were some good eats then, though. I mean, now that you're talking about this. I mean, I'm also kind of a, I guess I could be a competitive eater, too. Yeah, really. I mean, I feel like people are probably listening to this and thinking two things. Well, probably thinking a lot. But one, like hearing these numbers and all this stuff that you do. I never, 
I mean, being honest, and I don't, I, I don't think you're surprised by this. I've never been worried about you lifting a ton of weight. I mean, I'm kind of glad that one day that I didn't really know about it. Yeah, I remember once <laughs> but, in the garage at the old house, um, I had you come down and give me a back slap. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, you were like, "How much?" And I said, "I don't know." And I just like had you slap. Liar! Me back. I knew. And you then I laid down and did like four seventy five or four eighty or something like that. Yeah. And I got up and I said four eighty, and your reaction was like, "Oh my god." Yeah, but I never doubt that like you'll do like I don't know. I just feel like because you've done this for a while, you know your body so well and you are strong. Like I've never been worried with like what you're doing. Now thinking about all the stuff that you were eating and stuff. At the yeah, time I wasn't worried. worried. About my health then. At the, at the <laughs> time I wasn't, but now like listening to you just talk about it and thinking back, I'm like, wow, I should have been worried. Yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. So Glad we're over that hump for now. Hopefully, we don't. Yeah, I don't ever we'll see, see myself going back. If I okay, good. If and when I compete again, it'll be at like the two forty two weight class or two seventy five or maybe the two twenty five, depending on where we end up. Okay, good. So actually, let's pretend instead of our photo shoot, you were doing a meet, powerlifting meet. Yeah, like leading up to it, right? Well, we're kind of talking about that. So, like, break it down the week leading up to a meet, and then like the day of a meet. Like, tell us about it. Put us in your shoes for a second. So the week leading up to it, um, obviously your weight's got to be on point. So let's say now, since I'm closer, let's say I'm dropping the 242 weight class. So I'm going to weigh myself every day. And if I need to manipulate my water intake or food intake or carb intake or just pump up my cardio to make weight, then I'm doing that. Um, But really the last week is kind of a deload week. And there's really no formal lifting, just kind of stretches and pumps and and practice reps to make sure I'm hitting the commands the right way. I mean, when you bench, there's commands. So um, you pull it off the rack, you lock it out, the spotter lets go. They say start. You Mm -hmm. work your way down to your chest. Once it's on your chest and you stop movement, they say press. You press. And once you get all the way up and lock your elbows out, they say rack. And then you rack it, and that's that's the lift. If you miss any yeah. of those commands, it's it's a no. I was gonna say it's like on their call. It's not right your so motion. Yeah. Even if it's just the bar that last week, last two weeks, you're practicing that to make sure that that is is where it needs to be. Um, and then really, it just comes down to kind of keeping things normal and keeping things the same because your stomach could jack you up and ruin your day. Um, some of the pre-workouts that they make have so much magnesium and other things in them that they make you run to the bathroom right away. And, and some of the better pre-workouts of history, super pump 2250 has a nickname super dump. Cause man, some of these pre-workouts will have you run into the bathroom and then the nerves of the meat and, and just all, like the food and, and all of the things that happen. It's like it's such a nervous thing that you're just trying to keep everything normal as normal as possible for that last week. Depending on what weight class you're in or where the meat is, you'll have a weigh-in like the day before, maybe two days before. Obviously, being super heavyweight, I didn't care. Um, but if I was going 242, I'd weigh in as early as possible. So if that's 24 hours out, I'd probably go in fasted with almost no water in me, and I would weigh in, hit my number. And if I'm good there, then the next 24 hours, I'm, I'm eating all the carbs I can. Obviously, again, to try and keep my stomach like as normal as possible. Um, Make sure I have all my gear. So they'll check everything at a powerlifting meet. They check your wrist wraps if you're wearing them. They check your knee wraps or knee sleeves if you're wearing them. They'll check your shoes. Um, they'll even check your underwear. So you got to make sure you have everything in order. You have to wear a singlet, which I always told myself I would never wrestle when I was in middle school and high school because <laughs> wearing a singlet was stupid. 
And now I and wear. Look at you now. Yeah, now I've worn. You've worn multiple. multiple times. <laughs> um, so just make sure you have all your gear. Um, then when at me day, you need to. So my my move was to put on some music, find a buddy. So I bring somebody with me, and then we just sit and kick it in the back. Um, listen to nice calming music. So Nina Simone was always my go-to. Um, <laughs> feeling good, I would just have that on repeat, just kind of sipping on pre-workout, sipping on like a thousand milligrams of caffeine for when the time comes, um, eating snacks, and then just kind of grooving and keeping things mellow. What I really liked about the last meet was I'm back there and, and it's usually squat, bench, deadlift in that order. So I'm in the back with my feet up, sitting on a chair, and I'm not even warming up because they're still going through their squat classes. Um, and the whole time people were like, man, I think I opened with 510. And it was clearly the biggest opener by like 50 or 60 pounds, maybe more. Maybe I think it was like 100 pounds higher than the next bench below me. So everyone's like kind of walking around wondering who's the 510, who's the 510, who's the 510. And I'm just sitting there kind of in the corner, headphones on, snacking, like probably didn't look like a serious lifter because I was just in the corner whatever. Um, but then when it was my turn to go, they're like, you're the 510 guy. So, <laughs> yep. Um, and again, just just laying low and, and trying to keep everything calm. And then as things get kind of heating up, you start to get in those warm-up reps and you're warming up with other people and kind of rotating around a bench back there. Um, some people are jerks, but most of the people in powerlifting are awesome people that just want to see you do as good as possible. Um, I think I've only ever seen one or two people that were jerks, um, but the rest are people who are all super supportive. They'll cheer you on. They'll, they'll ask mm -hmm. you questions after. It's, it's an awesome community to be a part of. Um, yeah, like the last show that we were, well, do I call it a show? Yeah. Competition. Competition. Meet, meet, whatever. Yeah, meet. That we were at, I mean, the room to cheer people every time, no matter who you were, what lift you were doing. I mean, it was just like the room would just yeah. light up with noise and cheering and it's right. people just are genuine, like supporting because they're almost, I mean, yes, it's a competition, right? Amongst the people, but at the same time, like, and I'm not even a lifter, so forgive me for saying this if you don't agree, but I would say like, but I think you've said this to me though, lifting, it's like a competition within yourself too. Right. So it's just like, so yeah, you want to beat everybody, but at the same time you want to beat yourself and do yeah, better than you, you just want to do time. good. Yeah. And just like my daddy always used to say, no matter what, how tough you think you are, how big you think you are, just know that there's always someone bigger and there's always two dudes in the audience who are bigger and better. And actually, in that same meet, the guy that holds the bench press record in the world right now, Jimmy Cobb, he was benching something crazy like 1,100 pounds, and he was wearing a suit, a bench shirt, um, which is a little different lift than what I do. I, I lifted raw. Um, but like all the air that was in the room when I was doing 510 and 540 and 570 and then tried 580, all that left the room because he would come up behind me and do like 1,100 pounds or something ridiculous. So. Yeah, but it was a different lift, like you said. Yep. Not apples to apples. Okay? Yeah. So on my last one, I hit my first three lifts went well. So if you if your first three go well, and then in some federations you can have a fourth try, if it's a state record, which mine would have been a state record since I birthed the state record already. So I did five seventy, and then like two minutes later, I had to turn around and get ready to do five eighty. Um, I get down to do 580. I pull the bar down to my chest nice and slow like always, and I just feel like a crunch in my chest. 
And I was like, yep, yeah, well, you guys can take it. And the spotters took the bar off me because I'd, I'd strained my pec. Um, it wasn't a tear. It wasn't anything major. I had a little bit of bruising, but my strength just went away. So 580 might have been nice to get, but I, I couldn't get it. I mean, good for you for recognizing that and not just pushing oh, through. Oh, I tried to it, push through it, but, I mean, the damage it, was done. There was I no, know. It would have been there. way worse. So. Yeah. Um, in my second attempt, I had a cramp all down my leg. Um, and again, that community being as great as it was, like I got the weight, but like they, the one judge was like, I was close, man. You got to watch that leg. And I was like, yeah, it's cause my, from my <laughs> like, calf tell me about up it. to my hip is cramped. So we go back there and I didn't have a massage gun. I didn't have a roller. I had nothing. Um, I just kind of gave up on drinking water at a certain point. And one of the guys saw me and saw exactly what happened. He came up to me with a jigsaw that they had swapped out for a massage ball. And he was like, dude, here, use this. You have to get this next number. So this random stranger gave me something <laughs> to try and massage it out and help me out. So that was awesome. That's nice. Supportive community, I would say. Yeah. And like I, I've done a bodybuilding show before in the community back there. It's like there's a couple of cool guys that'll that'll talk with you and talk training and like throw you some tips and hints. But for the most part, I'd say 90% of the people back there were they were kind of jerks and, and they would just look at you and tell you everything you missed and tell you everything you did wrong. Yeah. Whereas in powerlifting, they they're asking you and they want to know more. And even if like, I even saw a guy that was like a, he was probably 450 pound bencher, ask a 200 pound bencher for like, what did you do on this like technique? And, and how did you train for that? Like, it's a really cool environment to be a part of. That's good. I'm glad you have that. Yeah. And then they have competition ages from the, like, Pam, our, our one mm, friend, mm-hmm. she's go Pam. Compete. If you're listening, <laughs> she's competed at master's level. She's a national record holder. Um, so you can compete by body weight, by federation, by age, by state, by class, by, um, whether you won medals before or you didn't, you can also compete by, oh man, there's so many different categories. So now you can do a full meet where you do squat, bench and deadlift. You can do a bench only. You can do Ironman, which is bench and deadlift. Um, there's so many different ways to win. And, and I know it's kind of against the whole, everybody gets a trophy generation, but if you've been working for your whole life or the last 15 weeks, at least for a big number and you do, you get it, then it's nice to have something there. Mm-hmm. Cause again, it's not just competing against everybody. It's like, if you were working at it and you got it, you know, right. Cool. Anything else you'd like to share with us? Oh man. We are close on time. Um, so one thing about motivation, there was a documentary called um, West Side versus the World with Louis Simmons, um, big time West Side, Ohio area lifter. He, he owns a crazy lifting gym. He passed away not too long ago, but the documentary was about him and kind of his upbringing. And, and what, one of the things that also got me into powerlifting was this guy, David Hoff, who, who's an incredible lifter. He's a geared lifter. Um, he, he has a bunch of records on him, but in the video he squats like, I don't know, 1500 or something crazy. Mm. And then they watch him lift. He's like spitting blood. His nose is bleeding. He comes up to the camera afterwards, puts an oxygen line in because he's just so gassed. And he's like, welcome to powerlifting. I was like, man. And right then in that moment, you're like, sign me up. Just the feeling that you get when you like completely annihilate every bit of energy you have in a squat, in a bench, a deadlift. It Like after benching 570 or 585 and jumping up and screaming in excitement, there is nothing left. 
like my CNS, my central nervous system for like three days, I had like a cold chill after my meets. Like it, it, it's the weirdest feeling, but again, there's nothing left. It's, it's a, that runner's high cannot touch that, that complete mm. use of every bit of energy you have in a powerlifting meet. See, and this is one of the areas where opposites attract for you and I, because if I saw that video, with the blood and the oxygen, I would run for the hills. But you were like, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> but you do a great job. Are you ever worried about me? You already said a little bit. I mean, not, no, because I feel like your strength is, you and you know yourself. And <laughs> I mean, if you ever eat like that again, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's enough about me. We'll find something new to talk about next <laughs> week. Um Thanks for listening. Um, where can they find us? At the Real Kevlar on Instagram. Hmm, what am I going to surprise people with today? So to close this out, Lauren is going to list off her personal best in all the lifts. Oh my god! You know what? That's bad that I don't know those. <laughs> I did know them. I had good numbers at one point in my mm-hmm. life, but got to bring those Not back. Not the priority, right? Play that video for me. It kept me pumped up. You want to see a guy? <laughs> yeah, not the priority eyes and right nosebleed. Now. No, I'm just. I'm. That was a really bad joke. Okay, bye.